Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good morning and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Diane Callahan, your host of the Lighthearted Life Radio Show, and our show topic today is what we can learn from a 96-year-old optimist. I am so excited to tell you about my guest on the show today. Her name is Dorothy Hamry, and she has lived through the Depression, World War II, civil unrest, she survived polio, her house burning down, three daughters with cancer, and so much more. She was also at the forefront of women in the workplace and having a shared workload in the home. And she's written a book to talk all about it called The Lemonade Was Great. And we're going to be talking about her observations on life and the mindset of optimism. And before we go any further, I have to tell you, full disclosure, Dorothy Hamry is my mom. And she's also celebrating her 96th birthday in two days on Valentine's Day. So good morning, Mom. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Diane. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm so excited to have you on the show and, um, and, and to allow you to share all your wisdom with all of our listeners. I don't know about the wisdom part, but I'm glad <laughs> to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, let's, let's, start. Um, let's start by, I'd like to talk a little bit about um, women in the workforce, Okay. And, Mom, you've always worked, right? I mean, basically your whole life you've worked. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, you know, I started out, well, like babysitting, and then I started working in a restaurant, and then in a grocery store. And, and uh, yeah, and then, then after I finished my business college, I started in an office. Mm-hmm. And uh, there I stayed pretty much the rest of my career. And that was in the 40s, right? Well, I, yeah. It was in the 40s because I yes. graduated from high school in 1946. Oh, were you the valedictorian? No, no. The salutatorian. Not quite you as good as You were the salutatorian. A, not quite as good as a valedictorian. <laughs> but pretty good. <laughs> and then you went to the Minneapolis School of Business, right? Yes, yes. So, and that was a life-changing event. <laughs> tell me about that, Mom. Okay. Uh, I decided to go to the Minnesota School of Business in Minneapolis because I heard it was a top-rate school. And mm-hmm. there was other business colleges nearby, which I could have gone to, but I didn't. And that was a good decision for me because I met, I met a, a former... Uh, resident of Hendron, Minnesota, there by the name of Mel Hamry, and <laughs> we we started dating, and we ended up getting married in October of 1949. So and if I would wait. would have chosen another college, another, 
yeah. would have been a whole different story. And I probably wouldn't even be here. Pardon? And I probably wouldn't even be here. What a tragedy. No, and um, my last <laughs> name wouldn't be Hamry. <laughs> no. But but um, but you have to tell the full story. You had already met Mel Hamry before oh, yes. you met up again in business school, right? Yes. We lived in a small town named Hender, Minnesota, and we were mm-hmm. we both lived there. And then we moved away, and they also moved away. And and I hadn't seen seen him at all all those years. And he'd been okay. in the navy. And, you're not taking my prodding here, Mom. You didn't like him very much when you were a little kid. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, I really didn't, <laughs> to tell you the truth. <laughs> Why did you like him? I, I thought he was a little arrogant. <laughs> I thought he thought he was pretty great. I thought he was know? a big deal. <laughs> but then when you but, went to the, the school of business and you ran into him, he was pretty nice. Oh, yes, very nice. Very good. And we had many wonderful years. The workforce. So you, in the the 40s, 50s, 60s, a lot of wives and mothers stayed home. That was really the the cultural norm, right, for stay-home moms. That's true. you, right, I mean, but you have always worked full-time, um, while you were raising five kids, and um, so you were really at the forefront of women in the workplace, mm-hmm. women kind of taking charge. And so um, tell me the story that you told me about when you worked at the Bank of California and the dress code situation. Oh, oh when I worked at the Bank of California, all the women were to wear suit, uh, skirts or suits or dresses, no, no pants. And mm-hmm. so, anyway, uh, I had one Christmas. I got this beautiful red and white pantsuit, and my friend was the secretary to the boss, and she was telling me, "Well, you gotta let let us wear pantsuits, you know, because I thought Dorothy's new pantsuit is really nice and all that." And so, so Mr. Young said we could wear pantsuits on Fridays. So that was kind of interesting. And then it gradually so you went. Ladies, you ladies were the original, you know, dress down Friday. Yeah. Created. Yes. Yeah, we kind of <laughs> did. Yeah. That was yeah. fun. <laughs> how did you, so, how did, you know, these days still women struggle in the workplace to be heard, to be taken seriously sometimes, to get, you know, promotions and get paid um, on par with men, you know, there's still some struggles, even with all the work that you and your friends did to to bust open those glass ceilings. Did you mm-hmm. experience any of that, like sexism or misogyny in the workplace? No, I really, I really can't say I did. I really can't say I did. I I was always treated very well in you every know, job I had. They all, I mean, they all adored you. They all, all of your bosses. I don't know about that. Well, Mom, okay, let's talk about um, what was the grocery store that you worked for in Minnesota? Oh, Super Value. Super Value. You were in the corporate office, right? Yes, yes. And then you got pregnant with your first baby, who turned Uh out to be my uh sister, Kathy, 
And you were yes. planning to stay home because you had a baby. Right. Yes. And, and I had trained I had trained someone to take my place. But it so happened that her husband was in the military and she wanted to go to where he was, of course. And so that left them without a secretary. And so my boss, whose name was Rex Fogarty, came to our house and kind of begged me if I could come back. <laughs> Please. <laughs> and so I did. And did, I, he, uh, like, did he make it easy for you to come back? Did he say, you know, if you need time off to take care of Kathy? Or, I mean, did he say, we'll, we'll make it work for you? Oh, yes. He, he was very, very accommodating. Wonderful. Yes. Now, I want to ask you something, Mom, because I, I know full well how much all of your employers, all of you, your bosses, supervisors, love you. I mean, to the moon and back, right? They respect you. They love you. They appreciate you. And you've always been treated well, treated fairly, given opportunities. So my question to you is, why do you think that is? What can we learn from you in terms of um, how to create that kind of a respected, valued relationship in the workplace? Well, I always tried to do the best job I possibly could, and um, I wasn't, um, you know, causing any any trouble in the office ever. You know how how some people can go on and on about things, but I never did that. So maybe that helped. Maybe that helped a little bit. I think it probably did help more than you think. I think that, you know, we talk about, um, in the work world, we talk about hard skills and soft skills. Like hard skills is, you know, how fast you can. Remember, what was that machine you used to do your notes on? A stenotype. Yeah, that thing, that weird thing. Like how fast you can type and do all those things. So those Mm -hmm. are your hard skills, but... It, and they'll get you hired, but it's your soft skills that get you respected and beloved and have your boss knocking on your front door begging you to come back to work, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, and what was, what was really nice about that, one night we were uh, we hired a babysitter and we were going to go do Christmas shopping. And when we came home, the lady said, oh, this handsome man was here with this big box of groceries and turkey and everything. <laughs> and so... <laughs> While 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 we were gone, my boss had brought over this wonderful Christmas gift, even though I was on leave of absence. Oh my goodness! So, so that was pretty so nice. That was pretty nice. So basically, what you're saying is that um, you were well. I know you were super dependable. I mean, you always showed us. You were mm-hmm. good at what you did. You know, you had the skills. You were good at what you did, and you did the did your work, you know, to the highest level, the highest level of your ability. And then mostly you were positive to be around and you didn't grouse about things and you didn't, like, stir people up and get them all irritated or mad about things. Is that mm-hmm. right? That That is pretty true, yes. Yeah. Those are all really good traits. Speaking of getting work. to work, I, I did go through snowbanks one time to get to Get to my office. Wait, uphill both <laughs> that ways? That was fun. <laughs> Did you have to go that uphill was... both ways, Mom? Pardon? Did you have to go uphill both ways? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. 
Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, Mom. We are um, at the point in our show where I'm going to take a quick moment to recognize one of our sponsors and partners. All right. Women, okay, so listen to this, Mom. Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, National University. National University is proud to be one of the largest private nonprofit universities founded in 1971. The National University mission is to provide accessible, achievable higher education to adult learners. Today, National University educates students from across the United States and around the globe with over 170,000 alumni worldwide. Thank you for your support, National University, and to all our sponsors and partners. And now we're coming back to our show with our guest, Dorothy Hamry, who is also my mom. And um, she's also an author who has written about her life experiences and her outlook on life in her special memoir. And the title of it is The Lemonade Was Great, a memoir by Dorothy Hamry. And it is such a perfect title. Mom, you've had this, you had that title for a book in your head for decades, didn't you? I guess I did. I guess I did. Even though with all the various things we, the challenges we faced, yeah, I still think we, you know, the lemonade was great. <laughs> well, okay, so what is what does that mean? What what does the lemonade was great? What does that mean? I mean, my life has been wonderful. I I feel like I've had a wonderful life, even though we have had some very large challenges throughout. But even when our home burned. I was mm-hmm. so grateful because there were so many people that were just doing everything they could for us, and I thought, how wonderful is that? I mean, I can't, I don't have time to feel sorry for myself, you know? I mean, I right. just thought, oh, wow, this is wonderful, you know, how the people reached out with, with everything we needed to start housekeeping in another home until our home was mm-hmm. built, and it was it was really, really wonderful. What my mom is referring to, you guys, is um, in 1980, in the the north end of San Bernardino, which is where we live, um, we had the Panorama Fire that was fueled by the Santa Ana winds, and the fire came down from the foothills and pretty much leveled our entire neighborhood. I think it's 250 homes um, Mm -hmm. burned to the ground. Four people died in the fire. um, And... It, so it was very, very serious. It was very. It was the Monday before Thanksgiving, and um, it was tough. I mean, you. So you had two kids still living at home, me and my younger sister Julie. Right. And all of your, you know, like heirlooms and photos and memories and things like that went up in smoke. Yes, that was hard. Hard to lose some of the pictures. But true. Um, but what still. happened? What happened? You started getting envelopes from cousins and nephews and nieces all over the country sending us all their photos that they had over the years of, of our Right, family. right. Yes, of course. So that was a wonderful thing to, to get, too. I mean, that they were that thoughtful as to send us all those pictures. Yeah. Right? And then tell the story, Mom, of what happened with your um your um, customer at the bank and her house. Oh, are you talking about when one of the gals at work asked me to go out to lunch? 
and she took me to her church, and we had well, lunch. Tell that story, yes. Oh, yeah, and we had lunch, and then they presented me with a beautiful quilt. And this wasn't very long after the fire, and I was just overwhelmed. I didn't, you know, this was this wasn't my church, but another church. Mhm. And I thought you know, that Mom, was r- really wonderful. It was. I still have that quilt at my house. Isn't that something? Yes, I'll never, I'll never get rid of it ever. But there's another a, story. There's yeah, go ahead. Which here. one? Well, about where we lived after our house burned down. Oh yes. Well, uh, shortly after the house burned down, the lady from the bank came to tell me that one of the ladies that had moved away had called and offered their home, which was was up for sale in San Bernardino, but she wanted us to take that home and live in there as long as we needed to. And she didn't want to rent or anything. And I, I thought, oh, my goodness, this is uh, overwhelming, you know. And so, mm-hmm. of course, we did pay her rent because we were covered by insurance and everything, but but still we lived in that home until we our new home was built. And that was a such a blessing. And then not only did we did the people from the bank help us out in many, many ways, they mm-hmm. they delivered all kinds of furniture and refrigerators, beds and bedding and everything to to uh, complete the home. I remember that day. That and, and yes. they just kept here's dishes, here's here's a washing machine, here's a couch. Yeah, I know it was it was just amazing, wasn't it? It was amazing. And, and to think that this woman had her house on the market, she was going to sell it, and she just said, "I don't need to sell it right now. You you and your family move in, Dorothy, and then when you're done, we'll sell it some other time." Yes, that's right. That's exactly what happened. And I mean and the bank gave us a large sum of money also. It was uh, it was just overwhelming. And remember Mervyn that used to be here? Yes. They set up an account for us for I think a thousand dollars. I think I that's they, what it was. I mean, and this is what I learned from you, Mom, through that whole thing. Because I was what fifteen at the time, so uh-huh. pretty impressionable. And um, I just watched you and Dad just get busy, you know, building a house and. And and you you and Dad just never were angry or sad or frustrated in terms of like why us. It was never like why did this have to happen to us? We lost everything, you know. And basically, mm-hmm. what I learned is that we we received everything. We didn't lose anything. We received so much love and kindness and generosity and grace. And um, to watch you and Dad. Just accept with with such graciousness all of this outpouring, um, and to to just never be upset about losing your house. It was such a lesson for all of us, I think, about recognizing what's the most important things, right? Mm-hmm. We were so overwhelmed with everything; it was just amazing to us, you know. And yes, was, I think oh, we were so thankful. Yes. And then, and it was so fun because after the house was built, you had a couple of big parties in the backyard to thank everybody. Yes, yes, we did. <laughs> that was awesome. 
Yeah, the so, whole thing turned out. The whole thing turned out great. And yes, that's, it did. That's really what you meant by the title of your book, right? The lemonade was great. Meaning, yes, you got a lot of lemons in your life that you squeezed them, put some sugar in there, and made lemonade out of them. Uh huh. Maybe even some lemon pie. <laughs> oh, you make the best lemon pie, that's for sure. <laughs> anyway, one yeah. now one thing that you um, that you survived was polio. You were interestingly enough. Um, the year that the polio vaccine, the um, Jonas Salk vaccine, was approved for widespread distribution was the year that you contracted polio as a young mom. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's correct. And you you were at a lake, one of the many lakes, right, in Minnesota. Min- Minnesota, uh-huh. And, and so, went home. Go ahead. Do you tell the story, Mom? Well, well, uh, well. Anyway, I started to feel not well, and I thought it was just maybe the flu or something. And um, then my back started to ache really bad, you know, all down my spine. And so uh, Dad thought he should take me to the hospital. To the hospital. And mm-hmm. so I went there, and they gave me shots, you know, and I thought, oh, this is going to take away the pain. Nothing helped. Nothing helped. Oh. All through that night, I was just in agony, you know. And then in the morning, the doctor did it like a spinal tap, and that seemed to relieve the pain. However, that caused my left leg to be almost useless. To be paralyzed. Yeah, yeah. And so um, that wasn't so good either. So so anyway, we had to, you know, try getting back. We had had a lot of therapy there in the hospital. And yes. try to get back the strength, and I used crutches and everything. And uh, gradually, my leg came back pretty much normal. And of course, we we did all those walks, <laughs> watch well, times. Before before we get to the walks, so let's let's. I want you to tell the well. First of all, the therapy that you had was the Sister Kenny treatment. Sister yes. Kenny was an Australian nurse who, because um, at the time, they thought that that you should be just kind of lay flat all the time. And she was like, no, you need to use those muscles so your body can remember how to use them. And so she would take, Mom, tell, tell me about those woolen blankets. Oh, yeah, they, they had this thing in the room where they kept these woolen blankets hot, and, mm-hmm. and they would wrap them around your legs, which wasn't the most pleasant thing in the world, but it certainly was helpful in the care, mm-hmm. you know. And then they would so, and, they would move your legs, right? Oh yeah, they would do the therapy with moving my legs constantly, you know. And so I was on crutches, and then gradually I was able to get off them. Okay. And of course, mom, tell the story. Tell the story about going out to dinner. Oh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, my my brother-in-law and male sister uh, lived in Fargo, North Dakota, where I was. In the I was in the St. Luke's Hospital in Fargo, North Dakota, and mm-hmm. so uh, my brother-in-law came up to me and he said, "Well, um, he said Mel's brothers were coming from California, and he wanted all of us to go out to dinner. So will you find mm-hmm. out if you can go with us?" <laughs> and so, so I asked my doctor, and, and he said, "He said, okay, if you wear your crutches." And and you, your certain certain shoes that we had to have. And yeah, you had like you a brace. Go. You had a brace on your leg, right? 
No, I didn't actually have a brace. Okay. But I, okay. I had to wear certain shoes and and the crutches. And he said, okay. if you do that, you can go. And so I went out that day, and we didn't get home till right around midnight. I was so exhausted. I can tell you, oh my goodness. And I was so grateful because the next day they didn't come in with therapy. I, I don't <laughs> think I could have. I don't think I could have made that. <laughs> that was something. But but it was fun, you know, that we were all out there together and having a good old time. That is so wonderful. And then yeah. and then the day came where you got to go home. Yes. And it was the day of Jim's first birthday. Your second child. So basically yes. when you got the when you got the polio, you had a toddler and a newborn. Yes. Uh huh. And then they let you go home on his birthday, right? Yes, yes. Okay, and what happened? Okay, well, I had arranged for a little birthday party in the, while I was in the hospital, but I hadn't had a chance to get a gift. So I, I said, I have to stop and get a gift for Jim for his birthday. And, <laughs> and my husband wasn't too pleased about that. But anyway, she stopped, and I went into the store. And guess who I ran into? My doctor. Who? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, I I was good at getting myself into all kinds of little pro, pro problems. What did your but doctor anyway. say? But anyway, Mom, what he did didn't. Your doctor say when he, when he saw you? He, you know, his eyes got pretty wide, and he said, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I said, "Well, I'm I'm looking for a birthday present for my one year old son." So he oh, kind of laughed, and you know, they got used to me. I I think they got used to me after a while. What? No, they loved you like everybody else. So, and and I remember you telling me that when you went home, even though you, your kids were there and your husband, it was kind of lonely for you for a little while, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I miss I miss the nurses. I got to know so many nurses, and they were also really nice to me. And not only that, but people who came in to visit other patients came in to visit me also, and so <laughs> I kind of missed—I kind of missed all that activity, you know. Right, right. Pretty quiet maybe at that, home. Maybe that's why you were so exceptionally great with me when I was going through my stem cell transplants and my cancer treatments at City of Hope, and I was in the hospital for weeks and weeks and weeks at a time. And you'd be by my side and talking mm-hmm. to the nurses and visiting with everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was there. <laughs> yep, you mm. were there. Um, you have two sons and three daughters. And all right. three of your daughters have survived life-threatening bouts with cancer. Yes, How isn't that amazing? That? Yes, yes. I mean, you must have been worried to death for all oh, three yeah. of us. Yes, I should say so. Oh, I remember, you know, the first was Kathy, and yes. uh, I was with her, and the doctors at Kaiser, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was really hard, you know, Kathy being the first one. And then, of course, mm-hmm. when you came along, it was so much more difficult, you know. Yeah. With, the, the what cancer, you had to go fight. through. Yeah. Oh yes. my goodness. But but mom, you're you were you've always been so strong and so optimistic. And as we 
wrap up our show. We have a couple more minutes. I want to talk about that. What do you, um, what do you attribute to? What do you attribute your your strength and your ability to be optimistic even in really tough times? You have to look up, Diane. You have to look up. Look up. What, what do you mean by that? I mean trusting in God to see you through. Yes. Yeah, I remember I remember when I was in the hospital and I didn't know if I'd ever walk again and well actually uh, I found out later they didn't know if I'd even live. That's and, what they told dad, right? You might pardon? not even make it. They yeah, told that's dad what they told Yes, yes, I just found that out a lot later, but um uh, you know, I prayed I prayed that I I said, I don't mind being in a wheelchair, but I would really love to see my children grow up. I prayed yeah. to God. But he, he didn't have that in mind for me. <laughs> he had no. lots of dime blocks and stuff. <laughs> right. Oh, so so you had two kids. You had Polu. You go home and you go on to have three more kids. Move to California. Well, you had three kids. You moved to California. had two more. And then, Mom, didn't we have fun? Um, listeners, my mom and I, would do these um, March of Dimes walks, these 20-mile <laughs> walks together. Yes, 20 miles, can you believe? Yeah. And you you were great, Mom. That was one of the – is that what you attribute your longevity to, in part, being active? Yes, yes, I certainly do, because I walked, you know, practically every morning for years mm-hmm. with, my, with my buddies. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of buddies, just very quickly, the other – story that we were going to talk about is when when mom was working she got into a group of um friends that she met at work and they they decided to do an annual trip to las vegas and so they were the vegas girls these four women and mom tell us a little bit about that before we sign off okay well i i just can't right now i just can't remember how many years it was but it was a lot of years i have two large scrapbooks filled with all kinds of pictures from our vegas trips and and they were well we not only went to vegas together we went out to lunch together we had celebrate birthdays together we they they joined in all our family activities and yes. they, they just seemed like more than seemed like relatives you know Yes, to us they were. Yes, and, they and were. They were great ladies. What I love about the story, though, is that this was back, but in the sixties, seventies, sixties and seventies. So first of all, all you ladies were in the workplace working full time, and mm-hmm. and you all had kids and everything, right? And right. then you realize the importance of spending time cultivating true, supportive friendships with your Vegas trips and all the things that you just listed out, and. Mm-hmm. And even though you had the you had the youngest kids in the group, and you still and and you know Dad totally supported you, getting time away, going away for a weekend to have mm-hmm. time with your friends. And I think it's a really important thing to to share. It's like we you have to make time for relationships, for your friendships. They're always going to be there for you. So even mm-hmm. with all of the things that you were doing, teaching Sunday school and working and Girl Scouts and being married and keeping a house, you you still thought thought that it was very important to have time with your friends. And what did that bring to your life, Mom? Much joy. <laughs> Much joy and all kinds of support through the good yes. times and the bad, 
right? Oh, yes, definitely. After the fire, there was all of their support was wonderful too. You know, not only the the banks and 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 where where Jim was working, they were very supportive too. Yes. So I think that the you know so here you are, two days away from your ninety sixth birthday, and mm-hmm. I think that 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 what you shared for our listeners is to have faith, to look up, to look to God, to look for something good in any even bad situation to to make friends to work hard and do your best be positive um take care of your body take care of your soul with your friendships and your time with god and here you will be 96 years old still going strong still optimistic and joyful and you have five kids and tons of grandkids and great grandkids and you've created a beautiful life don't you think yeah, well, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yeah, I so love listeners. I love them all. <laughs> Thank you, Mom. <laughs> so, listeners, let me tell you, um, Dorothy Hamry is her name. Her last name is spelled H-A-M-R-E. And you could find her book, The Lemonade Was Great, on Amazon. And it's full of recipes, too, family favorite recipes. So you've got everything in this little book. And also, if you ever want to connect with, with my mom, Dorothy Hamry, you can find her on Facebook. She's like, she's a mean Facebooker. She's on there all the time. <laughs> so as we wrap up, I'd like to say thank you to my mom, Dorothy Hamry, for being my guest. And a special thanks to all of our listeners, both in the United States and internationally, because we are an international show now. After our show today, you can listen to Women Lead Radio on all subscription podcasts, specifically Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google, and iHeartRadio. And it is, as always, it's been my sincere pleasure to be your host today of the Lighthearted Life Radio Show. Thank you for listening. I wish you a wonderful week, a beautiful Valentine's Day. Remember my mom on her birthday, Valentine's Day. And I hope you go and have a wonderful week and build yourself a lighthearted life. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.